This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Sports with Mac, Jack, and Jim Jeffcoat. Uh, here at the Sports Corner where it's raining like crazy right now, folks. So, wow. um, hopefully... Everything works out. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Good morning. And we're anticipating rain this morning, too. So here in Texas. So. All right. And never uh, rain sunny Florida, though. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Right, Jack? How are you doing down there in Florida? Good, good. One more day here than back in New York. All right. So Jack's coming home. Um, let's start it off with the NBA playoffs. Uh, gentlemen, we had Denver uh, beat Minnesota 120 to 111. Um, you had Michael Porter with 25 points, Jokic, Jokic with 20 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, Minnesota, Anthony Edwards had 36 points, but Denver is up right now. I think it's three to nothing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. That so, is uh, you know, Jim, me and you talked about Denver. Uh, I think it was last show. Um, they, they are not, you know, everybody expected them to fold up in the playoffs. Um, you know, in I think they were what second place this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. How oh, are they? Might have been first, right? They were the top uh, seed. They were the top seed. They were top yeah. seed. So, so they were in first place. Yeah. Yeah. But every everybody thought they were going to do the same thing as they did last year, and this isn't last year, Jim. You're right. I I'm shocked. Um, it gives me more respect for Jokovic because everybody was talking about he was having a down year and he wasn't as dominating as he has been in there. But I think what helps Denver is health. They're healthier this year than they were last year. And they have uh, Murray is healthier, and that helps them. And then Yoko makes some plays that you can't believe. He is a, uh, what is he, a triple uh, triple every game? I mean, he's catching up with the greats of the game. Yeah, yeah, Jokic is doing his thing. Uh, The 76ers, they sweep – they sweep the the, the Brooklyn Nets um, for zip. Um, Embiid uh, had a, has a hurt knee, but he still was out there doing his thing. Uh, but the rest of the team picked him up. No, Embiid was out, Mac. Was he out? I thought he played a little yeah, bit. Okay, yeah, he, no, he didn't play at all. No, I'm he, didn't he might be out for the next um, the next series too. Okay, and then well, between Milwaukee and Miami. Well, they didn't need him. Uh, the rest of the team picked it up. Um, well, uh, you know, it, it, the Sixers kind of toyed with the Nets. James Harden shot four for 18 from the field. So you could imagine. I mean, it was kind of mediocrity on the Nets' part. They just kind of didn't belong in the playoffs. But they were there because early in the year they had Kevin Durant, you know, Ky- and even Kyrie Irving did contribute early in the year. So I- they had... You know, they had a certain record where they had the Nets had a certain cushion and then they started declining at the end of the year. But the Miami Heat didn't quite catch them. So the Nets wound up getting the sixth. And yeah, I, did, I disagree with you. First of all, Durant was hurt, Jack. And then when they got Mikel Bridges played well, I think the Nets are one player away from being a better team. I think with getting rid of Kyrie and Durant helped them. But they got some young pieces. They just need that guy. If they ever get that guy, they could be a contender. I don't no, say no, that. no, no. 
getting rid of Kyrie helped them long term. But I'm trying to say Kyrie did contribute to them winning a certain amount of games. Had Kyrie stayed, they would have been worse off. Early in the year, they did accumulate a certain amount of victories, and that kind of held up. When they started declining, they kind of had a cushion to go, you know, to kind of fall back. And you should know that, Jim, better than anyone. You've been on teams that had a 24-point lead and then fell apart and then would maybe win by three points at the end because you built that cushion even though you played lousy the second half. I was on very many teams that don't. Yeah, I don't have a couple of games. It's Well, our, our New York Knicks, I should say, well, I'm a big fan of the Knicks. I think Jack is too. Uh, their defense played really well. They muscled up. They shut down. Um, they shut down the Cavs. Brunson has 21 points. Uh, clearly, a difference maker in the playoffs as well as the regular season. Um, so the Knicks are in position right now, up two to one, playing home. And if they win the next game, I, it might be off. It might be it for uh, for uh, yeah. for for Cleveland, Jack. No, I wouldn't say if Cleveland went down 3-1, because keep this in mind, Cleveland, would ha- if it went seven games, they'd have a game five and a game seven at Cleveland. So they're down 2-1. So the object to Cleveland would be, even if they got to a game seven now, three games apiece, they would like their chances in that scenario. You know, and Donovan, Donovan Mitchell seems to be trying to do a little too much to try to carry that Cleveland team. And part of it might be personal because everyone thought and he thought when he was with Utah, when they were looking to move him, that he was going to be a New York Nick. He was tied to the Knicks. That's all we heard, Donovan Mitchell, to the Knicks. But the Knicks never closed the deal with Utah. And Cleveland did, even though there was some talk that Utah didn't want to trade him to the Knicks. Danny Ainge, who was in charge, he preferred... Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland despite the Knicks. But bottom line is Donovan Mitchell kind of has a chip on his shoulder, we think, as far as the Knicks go. So I, I'd look for him to bounce back. Well, in this first of all, you predicted Cleveland to win this series. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Keith. But Good morning. Good morning. But um, I think the Knicks have the advantage right now because as long as – the Knicks key players play well, obviously. They have a chance. And Don Mitchell, they're not going to stop them. They'll just control them. But I think right now the Knicks have a better chance of winning this series. If they get the 3-1. They're up 2-1. Of course they have a better chance, Jim. They're up 2-1. But you believe it. That's why. If you have 2-1, you have a better chance usually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, wait, well, folks, Keith Angle from TGI Sports. Jim wasn't Keith. talking so bold when it was 0-0 uh, at the start of the series. Jim was quiet, man. I, I could tell you I was. Yes, he was. And and Keith came in at the right time as we're right. talking about the Knicks. Uh, Keith, let's let's get your perspective. The, the Knicks defense playing unbelievable against Cleveland. Brunson, Hart, I mean – some of these players that that uh, you know Brunson we expected, Hart is a pusher um, and he plays hard all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, uh, as we stated before uh, this series started, Nick should be able to beat uh, Cleveland. Yeah, I agree. Listen, the crowd, the crowd uh, Friday night 
carried this team as, as as much as the players did. I haven't seen that place like that, and I can't remember how long. And uh, as far as the defense goes, they, you know, here's the thing, and I don't want to give Jack a little fodder, but the defense played well, but the Cavs kind of helped them out shooting like, you know, seven yeah. for 100 yeah. from, from three-point land. They were, miss, they were airballing wide-open threes. It was it was just not a good performance by Cleveland. I thought they were intimidated by the atmosphere, and the Knicks again. Not to take anything away from them, I think they played pretty, pretty well. And 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 as you said, Brunson played great. Barrett had a really good game, which I think yeah. is important going forward. Because um, if they can win a game when Randall's only going to score eleven points and shoot three for fifteen, two for ten from three, that's uh, that's pretty good. You could win. That's pretty true. 20-point win with that kind of performance from Randall is good. And I recall that me and Mac picked the Knicks to beat Cleveland. There was only one person on the staff that picked Cleveland to win. series is very much in play for Cleveland. It's only two games to one. It's four out of seven. Let me ask you guys this. Who has a better chance in your view, I want to hear the three of you, to come back and win this series? The Milwaukee Bucks were down 2-1 to the Heat, or the Cleveland Cavaliers down 2-1 to the Knicks. Who has a better chance of coming back from the 2-1 deficit? The Bucks, depending on Giannis's health. But That's they, what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. that. I agree with that. Okay, so baseball, um, the Yankees win again. They beat Toronto last night 3-2. Volpe goes the other way. He's, a little, he's five foot nine. He's not a big guy. Uh, goes the other way to right field. Gets a two-run homer. Um, Toronto comes back and then uh, Boone makes a, makes a good move for a change. He puts in DJ pinch hitting and he drives in the winning run. Yeah. 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 It was uh it was a great game. It's kind of old school game yesterday. A lot of gamesmanship going on between Cole and, uh, and uh, Manoa and, and Kirk before the game. I don't know if you saw it, but he had, he had to kind of sit and wait as the game was ready to start. They're walking in from the bullpen, you know, about as slow as they could go just to kind of slow him down. And they had some words during the game when Manoa almost, or he did hit judge. Um, so Cole was kind of worked up yesterday, but Volpe yesterday, very Jeter-esque on that home run to right field. That kind of gave me a little deja vu there. And one small little detail too, the guy who was on base that he drove in was Peraza. So a little glimpse at the Yankee future maybe here. And I, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch yeah. his contribute. This is the Yankee future. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Jack. Kaina Falefa. No one mentions his name. You have to watch the game to realize his contribution. So Toronto comes back in the ninth with two runs, and they tie it up. Then Anthony Rizzo gets up. He hits an opposite field ball to left field. And Rizzo is just jogging out of the box. No one ever says anything, but the ball stays in play, goes off the wall. So he frantically has to slide into second yeah. and just makes it for double. It would have been a disaster had he been thrown up. So Aaron Boone puts in kind of a left at the pinch run. And this is what was really important about it. A, a ground ball is hit between third and short. So normally the run at second is going to hold up. He's not going to run. But the third baseman comes off the bat to gets the ball, and it's a heads-up play by Kaina Falefa, making it to third. So a shout-out to him in that move, putting in Kaina Falefa to pinch run, and Kaina Falefa really being smart on the bases, helped the Yankees, you know, at the end, pull the game out. 
this role that Kiner Falaf is in now is better for him. It, too much pressure being a starting shortstop for him. He wilted under the pressure as the season went along last year. This is a good spot for him to be in. Come off the bench, pinch run, play some outfield, play around the infield. He's not a star, but he can do little things. Mm-hmm. And Jack, if you want to hear if you want to hear criticism about guys not running out of the from home plate, don't listen to Yankee broadcasts because they are never going to criticize anybody for that. Michael K will get on guys for their hair, but guys can walk to first base and he won't say a word. That is true. So, Keith, Stanton's injured. Um, Donaldson's still injured. I think they said he might be back in a couple weeks. And they were trying to give LeMayu that rest because he was hurt, too. And that's what the whole rest thing was about. Um, I mean, you can't do nothing with Stanton, but you sure can do something with Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, he look, at, I've said this before. Just eat the money. It's the Yankees. It's not the Royals. Eat the money and get rid of him because you well, you can't bring him back to this team in my mind. I, I wouldn't. He can't sit the bench. We've already talked about that. And what do you do with him? Who's going to take him? Can you trade him for anything? I don't even know if you can. Teams will, wait, teams will wait to get it for them to cut him because – uh, this is an interesting situation. Now, maybe the Yankees can talk him into being injured for, you know, the entire season. Maybe that's what will happen here. I don't know. but That's possible. Um, this is – I think Donaldson needs to go for sure. I, Peraza, look at – I was surprised to see him play third base yesterday, but that's good. He's played second now. He's played third now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's contributed too since he's been up. <laughs> I listen. I, I I was talking about this with Jack and Doc. I, just like you said, it's good to see a uh, future for the Yankees instead of them just going out and picking up the free agents all the time. So uh, they bring a different yeah. energy to the team, right? I mean, you feel you feel palpable difference watching these games than I have in the last few years because these kids yeah. bring it. I love I mean, it. Farm clubs are getting better. Yeah. And speaking of young players, Torres, Keith. Playing his way out of being traded, and I know you you've spoken about getting trading, getting some. This is part of what we're talking about, Keith. This is part of exactly what we're talking about. Young players on the Yankees bringing you energy. So lay off Torres, okay? I'm gonna lay it off. You know, it's funny. I I kind of think the other way. I think he's playing himself into being traded um, yeah. because he's he's their one trade ship. Who else are they gonna trade? You know, they that's why. Good. I'm not knocking Glaber, really. I mean, he's – but he's – unfortunately, if the Yankees want to make a deal to improve – and maybe Glaber can play left field. Maybe we need to find that out. If he can, I'm all for keeping him. Yeah. Uh, but we need a left fielder. And, you know, Hicks isn't the guy. I don't want to see Hicks out there again. You talk about Donaldson. I don't want to see Hicks on the field anymore. Yeah, a little different A little different situation there. They owe him a lot of money. So uh, Jack, thinks I, they, Jack thinks they should keep him. I think they should get rid of him. No, no, we discussed Keith Hicks's situation as opposed to Donaldson. You can stick Hicks on the bench, play yeah. him occasionally. He's not going to be a distraction in the clubhouse. Nothing lost. He could be a spare outfielder. Maybe he snaps out of it. Donaldson has too big a personality to okay. keep on the bench. It There's too so much tension if he's on the bench. I mean, Jim's played with guys like that before. Yeah. Where if it you put does, him on the bench, he does have a point. too much of a distraction, too much tension. Other right. guys could accept it. Like the Knicks have a situation now. Derek Rose is on the bench, but he's got a personality that's not going to upset the team. Right. You know, other players would. Certain other players would. 
Yeah, there's something to be said for that. And as long as he's a 25th guy on the roster, he can stay. You know? <laughs> here and there. Yeah, so do you think this is um, the best Philadelphia 76ers team in the last few years? Because they always get knocked out in the second round. MB's never been past the second round. Yeah. Well, who are they going to match up with, Celtics? Yeah, they, they would match up with the Celtics. I don't think they're beating the Celtics. I, I, well, and it beats healthy. If he beat the Bucks, the Heat match up with the Celtics, and the Sixers would match up with the – if the Knicks beat Cleveland and the Heat beat Milwaukee, well, the Knicks play the Sixers. Now, that. that's, that's interesting. That would be very interesting, yes. I mean, I I still think the Bucks will come back. They're the most likely team – as much as they're the most likely team to come back, they're probably the – Best bet, and I thought even going in, if there was going to be a, a one, uh, one eight, right, one eight upset, it was going to be that one because Heat are good. Yeah, yeah. So, so Keith giving us his seventy sixers report instead of bags yeah. today. <laughs> I didn't paint my face or anything. I apologize. <laughs> you know, that's that's Keith. Let's get to the Patriots. Um, oh, here the offensive tackle, Jameson Williams. Is suspended for violating the gambling policy. Um, I know, I know, gambling right now is 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 prevalent. You got it wrong. That's the wide receiver from Detroit. Sorry, sorry, you are correct. You are nobody correct. from New England. That, that was Detroit's wide receiver. You are correct. You got three from Detroit and one from Washington, right? right. I just want to see if you guys are on your toes. That's all. Anyway. And we can certainly talk about that topic before we go to the Patriots because, you know, this is the NFL is inviting this stuff. And there's it. Look at I understand you can't have players gambling by all accounts. They didn't bet on football. But if you're going to get in bed with gamblers and gambling sites, you're hypocrite and take their money. Then you're hypocritical when the players go up a little bit. I I agree 100 percent. Yeah. So, and then they fired executives, or not exactly. Yeah, they fired people yeah. within the organization. I mean, this was, I mean, and it, we thought that people might learn from Calvin Ridley's situation last year, getting suspended by the year, obviously, or for the year. They're obviously they are not now. If, and again, I guess I'm okay. Look, at I like to gamble a little bit myself, right? I'm not playing in a game. I get it. But if they're not betting their sport, I don't understand the problem. If, and if it's that big a problem, then the NFL needs to get out of the gambling business themselves. And my problem is, Keith, is where are you having the Super Bowl at next year? Vegas. Yeah. And why? And what is Vegas known for? Uh, dancing shows, I think. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they bet a couple of the players, they bet from the team facility. That's why they were suspended. It was not yeah. on football games. But it wasn't on football, but yeah, that was I don't care. Yeah. You, well, know, you get into bed with, with gambling organizations, legal gambling organizations. I yeah. get it. And they've got mobile apps. And what are people going to do? Wherever they're sitting, they're going to make a bet. I mean, uh, I agree. Just, go, so a little, one more thing about the Patriots. Um, uh, Mayo, it looks like Jared Mayo is coaching the Patriots right now. They're talk, yeah. There's talk about him uh, maybe recruiting Hightower to eventually become a coach with them, too. It's a couple uh, stories about Mayo. Mayo's turned down uh, this year some head coaching interviews, as we've we've known, but probably more than we, we did know, because Patriots have some kind of side agreement to keep him from interviewing, which may very well be – he may be the next head coach. I've said this a couple times. Yeah, you did. Uh, and I'd like to see that. Um, Hightower, I think, would be a great addition to the staff. 
I think he's he was a smart uh, player on the field, uh, as well as being very talented as well. Um, and I think he'd be a good addition. And I'd like to see them keep him in the family. That'd be great. And also, Keith, nobody talks about this, but you predicted Matt Patricia would be gone. Yeah. It's, it was in limbo forever. And I look, yes. at, I think we talked about it a little bit Friday, but I really think the way Matt Patricia was treated during this whole situation really stinks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's my team. And you shouldn't treat a loyal soldier like Matt Patricia the way they treated him. They put him in a situation he couldn't succeed in last year. True. And then they just, you know, he takes the fall for the whole thing and they just kind of, Joe Judge is still there. No, we don't know. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Now that I think of it, Matt Patricia may have come back to New England after getting let go by the Lions. That may have been a Robert Kraft move. And maybe Bill Belichick was just fed up and gave him a job that he wasn't going to succeed in or couldn't give a darn about Matt Patricia. I'm just thinking, who who is bringing these guys back? Is Robert Kraft forcing certain coaches on Bill Belichick? Or does Bill Belichick have full control of that? I think Belichick's got most of the control on that. He may bring a guy in and they have to find a place for him. But, you know, the, Pat, Matt Patricia spent the year before in the front. Uh, he was, a, uh, I don't know what they, his title was, but he wasn't on the field. You yeah, know, he was, what, um, what they yeah. call it, assistant or something like that. Analyst, something. Yeah, where he, same thing he's doing great, basically for Philadelphia. Well, yeah, but I, I'm going to tell you, don't give these guys sympathy, Matt no. Patricia and Joe Judge. They had head coaching jobs, and they yeah. didn't. They did awful. Back up. You Don't give Bill Belichick a pass here. And here again, I'm, I defended this guy for 20-plus years for all the crap that's gone on. If, I don't care if he was Matt Patricia was forced on him or not, and I don't think he was. I think that was Belichick's move. When he gets him here, he puts him in a position that he's totally not – suited for this decision not Robert Krafts he didn't say make him the offensive coordinator the offensive play caller I mean that's you know Belichick is the guy at fault here not Matt Patricia the guy is a rocket science he is I I do say but Belichick all year long tried to take the onus off himself for making these decisions he said good coaches should be able to coach any position yeah uh, he said over again last year well, you know, he, he was a lacrosse coach, so maybe that's uh, you know, so- uh <laughs> is Stevie Be- is Stevie Belichick has his staff moved up in the Patriot coaching ranks? No, I think it's dropped actually. I think Mayo can and you don't hear it because Belichick he's got the name Belichick, right? But I think Mayo's the guy who's really really the main cog in that defense now. Keith, you know, we, on TV. We, 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 we were talking a, a little bit before he came on about the draft. And, of course, the two top quarterbacks is C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, from what I read, Carolina will probably take C.J. Stroud, even though they've been t- talking about Bryce Young. Um, I think I think, I think C.J. Stroud is just a better quarterback. I think he's big, he's strong. Uh, and, and Bryce Young is, is too light uh, to be playing in the NFL when you got – 300 pounders that are running four fives right now. So yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a CJ Stroud fan. I'm not a big Rice Bryce Young fan. I, well, I'm a, you know who I'm a fan of, but I think this quarterback class is a bit overrated as it is. I think you'll see that, you know, five, 10 years from now, we'll say, wow, 
Those guys weren't very good, mm-hmm. especially this whole Anthony Richardson thing, as I talk about a lot. I do not get it, but he's mm-hmm. going to go to top five. And, you know, it's I, look at I think I, there's a possibility Tennessee's going to trade up two to three. What I heard. I just well, heard that before. Yeah, so I don't know. They'd probably go for Richardson and well, take – Hendon Hooker, maybe you, he could be had in the second round. You know, you kind of wonder is Hendon Hooker ultimately going to be a value pick, a team that's not necessarily looking for quarterback, but he would have fallen just enough where they feel they just can't turn him down. Yeah, but it's possible. I know Mac doesn't agree with me, but the reason I like Bryce Young is he's more NFL-ready than any other quarterback. Yeah within there because of the scheme he played in. Yeah. He's more NFL ready. He's more ready than Stroud and Richardson, that's for sure. But question. I, I but Stroud is pretty accurate. Stroud and yeah. Young are both going to be stars. I think Stroud could be a star, but after yeah. that, and the other guys, ooh, that's a risk. Even with Levin, he's a risk, and now they're saying that he might go to Indianapolis, and Richardson is definitely a risk, and Hooker uh, is a risk. So you got two guys that you may have decent quarterbacks, but the other ones are really, really While Levis's stock has dropped uh, the last few weeks or month, um, there is a very good chance that he does move back up into the top four if if uh, a Tennessee does trade up to three and takes yeah. off the board. Then the Colts may take Levis. Yes. Yeah. Stetson Bennett leads Georgia to back-to-back titles as the quarterback. The talk is he might not even get drafted. You mean to tell me a team wouldn't take a chance on him in the sixth round even? I mean, it's hard to believe he wouldn't get drafted altogether. I mean, what do you have to lose late in the draft? I would Guy's think. Guy's a winner. I'm not saying he'd be a good quarterback, but he's worth taking a chance on. He'll get signed Sunday if he doesn't get drafted as an undrafted free agent. He'll get signed right away. But I would take a chance on him. I mean – he, sure. he's, small. he's small though. That's his problem. Is he's That's not, yeah. and he um, he got an issue in um, Dallas yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, I like the guy from TCU, Dugan, better than him. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the Patriots may take a quarterback in this draft uh, back in the sixth round. They're talking a lot about uh, Jack Haffer, uh, Haffer, Hafner, Hafner. Right? From Fresno State. I like him. I watched him in the Senior Bowl. He's going to be – he's a guy who will go later on, and he's a guy to watch uh, down the road. I would what agree. about Matt's guy, Zappi, the guy who Mac is always praising? Trade. They're going to trade him. Yeah, we're tra- we're going to trade him for uh, uh, Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> Hoyer got disgusted. Hoyer's with the Raiders now. He got disgusted what was going on at New England. Well, the, he didn't like the texture of the clipboards he was carrying or something, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the pens kept running out of it. It's got to be the best job in in the NFL if you don't play. Right. Because you're always, everybody's always, well, why is he not playing? You can last years. Right. And you make $3 million, $4 million a year, and you just – Jim is right. Have, Jim, have you ever seen a quarterback who's been a backup? He makes a nice living, a couple million a year, carrying a clipboard, and all of a sudden they tell him he has to go in the game and play, and he doesn't want to really go in. But he has to. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be a couple of guys like that who are just thrilled to carry the clipboard and get it. Who was the guy that played for um, who plays for the Chargers now, and they get he's got even a little show. He was somewhere. Oh, he was in Chicago, 
and he's been around the league for over uh, 12 years. Oh, oh uh, the guy who played for the Niners in the playoffs. What's his name? Josh. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Oh, man. He's no, played no, in no. every he's league that's known to me. He got in the playoff game last year. He's been with Josh Johnson. Oh, Josh Johnson, yeah. Yeah, with 11. The guy that, the, with this, this guy has played. Um, he hasn't played in the NFL. He's been a backup in the NFL because he's a uh, – yeah, I, I forgot where he was from, but this guy has never played, but he's always on somebody's roster. Is it? Yeah. I'm trying to think who's their backup uh, quarterback. Where? I can't remember now. Yeah, I'll get his name. I'll tell you. <laughs> but, Rick, Rick Sherlock says you read the reports on CJ's 18% abilities in scouting reports. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but here's the problem with that Don McNabb scored 18. Dan Marino scored 18. So yeah, yeah I don't think that's really use that as a barometer. Yeah. yeah, Dan Marino wasn't a bad quarterback. I mean, assume, so much is so, so much as instincts. I really like Jameis Winston, but he has some lousy instincts at times, throwing interceptions. But he really is a good quarterback. But the reason he's a backup is are the instincts. And I don't know, you know, whether you can sense a college quarterback, how he is in that department. Because the game is so much quicker in the NFL. They're bigger, stronger, faster. What's the guy's instincts going to be? Because you have to make a split-second decision whether you run, whether you're going to release the ball. And I don't know whether you could teach that. I don't think you can Uh, teach that. Yeah, I, I would think so. I, I I think Winston's problem was was reading defenses, not so much instincts. I don't. I don't well, think he, was- he should go to Denver with Peyton because he's the only guy that he ever played well under was Sean Peyton. That's so. true. That so folks, true. we got Robert Butler coming in from Sportscope, which which means uh, Robert on the way out of here. Yeah, which means Keith, <laughs> has, to, Keith has to leave when Robert comes. There's in. a high five here. Well, yeah, Robert, Robert and I do spend 30 minutes together every few weeks on his show. So no, it's just like, Wednesday yeah. is just about. Rob, you're going to be setting a record by being asked by Mac for the 14th week in a row what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my cue to get out of here. See you again. Thank <laughs> you. Have a good day. See you, Keith. Thanks to Keith Dingo from TGI Sports. Robert Butler from Sportscope, who covers our biggest stories of the week we got quite a bit of stuff to get to robert uh today as 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 we're looking at uh this week of sports Deion sanders uh has experimental way to to build a football team i think they won yesterday if i'm not mistaken in their in their (laughs) preseason well they played each other yeah somebody had to win from colorado (laughs) right (laughs) so there's no loser yesterday um so uh dion dion of course the name but he has a way of attracting uh, uh, players with his name. So uh, what do you think about uh, Deion's uh, situation over there right now? He's just taking advantage of the transfer rules. You've got 40 grad. Uh, forty. He calls it 40-40-20, 40% grad, 40 undergrad. I want to say 20 uh, recruit students. Uh, here's the thing, guys. A lot of people started doing this. You know, Hendon Hooker out of here in Tennessee, he's 25 years old, a transfer Stetson Bennett's 25 years old. Uh, it, it's it's kind of, um, I don't want to call it a semi-pro league now in college football, but he's just taking advantage. It's a quick fix. You know, 
my thing is, what if you got a running back in the transfer that's not in the transfer portal and you need a running back and you haven't recruited one? But uh, I'm sure he's got that stuff figured out. Did you see all that that crowd he had, guys, at Colorado? See, the interesting thing about Dion, I know Dion yeah. for a long time, is they get his on-field persona confused with what he does off the field. Yeah, I keep telling you, he loves those kids. And those kids love him because he's going to tell them. A lot of coaches won't tell you the truth. He's going to tell you the truth. And he told when he walked in there, he said, hey, I'm going to get my own stuff. He told the kids, probably need the transfer, things. And everybody thinks that's cruel. But that's the way he is because he wanted guys that played. I've seen this guy rent vans and take kids to um, um, stuff for the colleges to get them looked at when he was in high school. People don't know those things. He understands it. When we were there at 5 o'clock in the morning, he was there at 5 o'clock studying. And they don't see the off-the-field things. They always see the primetime stuff. And yeah. he's going to do well. He'll do well. He won't be there very long, but he'll do well. <laughs> how would, can I just – because you know, Dion, how would he deal with authority? Let's say he got a head coaching job in the NFL, which is a possibility down the line. He won't go to NFL. Who would get along with the GM? Would he get along with the athletic director, the university? Or would the athletic director have to defer to Dion the whole time? The university president, can he work within the organization? Of the he could work with him, but I, I don't think he'd ever go to the NFL because of his style. It'd be hard to too hard to do in the NFL. Yeah. So, Robert, uh, yeah. Gambling problems right now in the NFL. Detroit wide receiver Jamison Williams or Jamison yes. Williams. Yeah. He ends up uh, getting suspended. Um, what's the latest on that? Uh, you know, I was looking at something here from the athletic here, guys. And apparently it was something about gambling at the facility. And I read this from the athletic the other day, Jim. I don't know if you heard about this. It says, uh, the NFL's gambling policy prohibits anyone in the league from engaging in yeah. a form of gambling in a club or league facility or venue, including the practice facility. However, players are not prohibited from gambling on other sports. And even Pac Adam Pacman Jones, who got in a ton of trouble here in Nashville, he said, we knew that when I was playing, it was like 15 years ago or something, and they're posted everywhere, aren't they, Jim? Yes, they are. Yes, it's they not are. like you have to really yes, look deep in this magazine to find <laughs> a gambling rule. But what I don't understand, Robert, is yeah. just like Mac and Jack have said on the show, they promoted. Yeah. And I don't know how they found out they were gambling when they were at the facility. That's what's interesting. Because they, they – Yeah. Go ahead. Well, the guy, I think the guys are just loose with it. And, you know, there's cameras everywhere. It, it's some guys, they, they gamble under their own name. Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley did that. $1,500 bet cost him a whole year's salary. Yeah, but supposedly they didn't gamble on football. It was non-football. But it's something about gambling at the facility. I mean, I don't I know. Just technicalities, man. I don't know. But you, yeah. you see it every single day. Yeah. They're promoting something in every sport now. Yeah, and the Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas, right? And I think I think the the explanation to that is 
it's, guys, this is why your salaries have inflated because you got everyday people like myself, three or $4, the average bet's $4. Mm-hmm. So you have all this money coming in that filters down to uh, the Players. facilities. Everybody gets paid. It's like me when I get irritated in my medical job when an old person's in front of me. But I got to think to myself, that person's insurance is paying the hospital, who's paying the carrier service, who's paying me. So I, I, I can't like get irritated the fact that she's got you know a handicap parking and I have to go park somewhere else. So yeah. that's. That, you know, that's well, basically what you're saying. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, though, it's part of the it's part of the influx of money, you know, and and wrestling. You don't see a lot of gambling sites for WWE. I haven't found one yet. (laughs) You don't want it to be look like the perception of being right. You're right. I just think you're telling people something and I don't agree with it. I think that there's a lot of dangers in it and we all know why. Yeah in sports with gambling, especially with players, because I just think that the NFL is, and I understand what you're saying, but they're real promoting it. This fan duel and some of these other stuff. Oh, it's huge, huge. And it's not wrong. Yeah. But I just think they got to find a way to educate. And you're right. In every locker room, the signs are up, but they got to maybe take time. If I'm a coach, I'm going to educate my players on why. It's just not worth it, man. You know, James. That's what I would say. Have to switch their draft board in Detroit, guys. They lost two receivers. (laughs) They cut two receivers. You remember? Uh, What's that guy's name? Zestus or whatever? Yeah, and they gave him five million dollars signing bonus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to change it. Well, luckily this happened this week and not next week. You know. Yeah, you're right. So, Robert, if, if you're uh, looking for a silver lining, right, right, Robert, the injuries kind of are, are piling up in the playoffs. We see a lot of uh, uh, fouls being called that, in some cases, really, really aren't fouls. I mean, even if you look at the LeBron uh, call against, uh, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I think it was Wiggins, Dylan Brooks. Brooks, Brooks, right, Dylan Brooks, where it looked like he was reaching to stop him from doing a crossover. Yeah. And and that's what it looked like. I know he. I know that's what he ended up doing. But he was swiping at the ball because he was worried about LeBron doing a crossover. Is what it looked uh, like. Matt, Rob, Jim, I never thought of this. The basketball players wear a cup, you know, for protection. Do they wear anything? They got to move quick up and down the court. I mean, they do boxes, football. It's not like players. old times, Jack. Football players don't wear a cup. <laughs> no, no. Oh, they got to wear a cup. No, they don't. Wear a cup. They don't, Jack. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't wear one. No. Man. And they get on the bottom of a pile during yeah. the fumble. Oh. Jack, I hate to say it. It was another time when they do I'm not going to say it was in the 50s, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, no knee pads from Jim Brown to no cups. I mean, we're just moving right right. along, you know? So anyway. uh, You mean they don't wear the groin protector? No. No, That's a cup. That's a cup, Jim. That's a cup. They got to wear the football, the cup. They got to wear it. Come on now. Come on. I I can't believe that. (laughs) That stuff slows you down. Yes. Yes, Those giant uh, giant pads I have to wear, I hated those pads, man. (laughs) <laughs> the shoulder pads. Yes. 
I mean, I, I, I would give up to wear the cup. Oh, there you go. Oh, so, I'd Jack, give up that helmet to wear it. Yeah, there you go. So, wow. Right. Anyway, yeah, anyway, uh, Robert, let's let's get to you know, and B gets hurt. Yeah. Oh, uh, we got to finish. Whoa, whoa. We got to finish back to Dylan Brooks and LeBron. Oh, uh, yes. Well, let's go to Dylan. Let's okay, go to so Dylan. that that injury, uh, you know something, guys? This is my take on these playoffs. Everybody's pressing. I mean, they look like the NCAA tournament out there. Yeah. And now I feel like maybe the refs are pressing. Everything yeah. is like in super fast forward, guys. I agree. Time out, guys. Let's slow. What, what did John Wooden say? Play fast, but don't get in a hurry. There was a lot of missed shots, like right at the rim. People are like playing nervous. I'm like, guys, you guys are professionals. Let's just let's not play in overdrive here because we're making a lot of mistakes. We can play fast. Let's not get in a hurry. And maybe the refs are seeing this stuff. And I was like, I think I may have saw. Uh, let me. Uh. Yeah. So I agree. You can't I agree. stop these plays and review them like football. I mean, but interesting. Jalen Rose had the birth, the best analysts of it. The great defensive players, and I'm not saying Dylan Brooks are one, but the guys that were very good on defense antagonized the great players. You know, think about that. Dennis Rodman, they wanted to kill Rodman. Even Sim with LeBron, all these guys. Uh, Jason Perry, uh, not Jason Perry, but uh, the guy from the Mavericks, but they all tried to do that. Michael Jordan, you see all the guys that tried to defense him. They antagonize them, and right. that's just a part of it. And they want to get under their skin. And this is what Brooks is doing. He's trying to get under LeBron's skin. Well, well, as Jack said, Jack Jack was talking about how they catch the person that's retaliating. Yeah, they're that's not true. getting after. They're not getting the instigators. And and even Doc Rivers said something about that. And I think maybe this is what the the refs are trying to do now. They're trying yeah. to get the instigators, and maybe they're calling, uh, uh, you know. Fouls uh, for flagrants, anyway, that really aren't flagrant fouls. That's you know true. But certain yeah. plays embellish it. Do you think LeBron was hurt that bad <laughs> lying on the floor? Because I, I kind of wonder had had the game been on the line and LeBron knew he had to get up immediately. You know, I get the feeling he would he would have bounced right up and been ready to resume. But he kind of played it out thinking maybe they're going to kick Dylan Brooks out of the game. I get my revenge on him. Screw him. You know, that's right. what I kind of think maybe happened. Yeah. LeBron, I really booed last night. I mean, it's yeah. – LeBron, yeah. LeBron brought been, that on himself. <laughs> LeBron's been flopping forever. That guy flopped. I would agree. Then. I would agree. But I love the statement that the ESPN announcer said when he said that Brooks said that he always pokes the bear. But – what the announcer said, yeah, you poked the bear, but you put honey on yourself and the bear. Right. right. I thought that was a well, great. He said LeBron's old and LeBron's 38. And then the, the announcers are like, what is yeah. he What is he saying about us? Yeah. <laughs> well, keep this in mind. All this talk with LeBron maybe hating Dylan Brooks. Lance Stevenson did the same That's thing Lance. with LeBron. Yeah. And later on, LeBron requested for Stevenson to be his teammate. Yeah. And, they and got Draymond Green, too. Draymond Green has done that for years with everybody. Yeah, and then, yeah LeBron, I wouldn't be shocked at some point Dylan Brooks winds up being a teammate of LeBron. And LeBron well, I don't think so, unless LeBron's playing like Brady to 45. 
Well, he will. He will. That's we might play in the big three together in 15 years, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, Robert, uh, yeah. quite a performance about the Knicks. Uh, Jack doesn't want to – Jack was a Knicks fan. He's now a Cleveland Cavalier fan. We are taking his New York Knicks card away from him here. I predict the Cavaliers to I'm win. Actually a, I'm actually a Nets fan, Max. Even worse. Even, even worse. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was a Nets fan until Dr. J left. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a Nets fan. I put my membership card on hold during the time with Kyrie Irving during his sack. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he did. But, but the Knicks defense has been playing really well. Brunson, again, you know, uh, uh, playing – not only good in the uh, in the regular season, which he was unbelievable scoring points, but he does the things, the little things during uh, the the playoff games that makes his team better. Not only scoring, getting the ball to the right people. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? Can they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, Robert? Or I should say, of course they could. Will they yeah. beat the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, well, I picked Cleveland in seven, but uh, it could very well go the other way. Today's point spread is two points, guys. So, it could come down to Knicks have a slight, slight uh, experience advantage. They were in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, you got a ball-centric guy like a uh, Donovan Mitchell. There's a good possibility that, that the Knicks could win this. Uh, you're holding your breath, though. You know, yeah. it's not going to be the blowout like it was Friday night. That was a great game. A lot of energy, man. A lot of energy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We were talking about the uh, draft before you came out. Of course, you, yeah. you you're all over the mock drafts and everything. Uh, the two quarterbacks at the top, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Um, right now, uh, from what I what I read, uh, Carolina will, might be taking Stroud instead of uh, Bryce Young. That it was just a smokescreen. Them uh, talking about getting Bryce Young. Uh, what do you think? Who goes first, Robert? Is it C.J. Stroud or? Well, is it- I've been reading – well, the odds are really high on Young. I mean, they're really high, them taking uh, uh, Bryce Young right now. He's the odds-on favorite by a long shot. There's this uh, cognitive test. I got that right the first time. Yes. Uh, I've said it like 20 times. It's called the S2. It's supposed to be better than the Wonderlick, and Bryce Young scored out of this world on that. Plus, I mean, Young's arguably the most skilled guy, but he is 5'11", 192. Uh, you got to keep that in mind. But uh, I thought it was Stroud for weeks, Mac. But yeah. now it seems like, and maybe, and you're right, maybe that is. But uh, David Tepper, the owner, and everybody, they, they gave equal time to Stroud and Young. So now that you're saying it's back to Stroud, I, it's hard to find out what's going on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. This is a difficult because quarterbacks are difficult because you can't put them on the same barometer as other players because their role in the offense or on a team is different. Yeah. And I think, and that's why I say Bryce Young right now is because, uh, first of all, he's played in the NFL type offense. Yeah. And just his react every time that he was challenged, he found a way to overcome those challenges. And I just like what he does. And that's nothing against CJ Stroud. <laughs> But I just think Bryce Young has more upside. Let me tell you why a team that picks first is being coy. There's only one reason. They're hedging their bets. Let's say they know for sure they're going to take Bryce Young. They can say it openly and announce it 
But let's say hypothetically Bryce Young suffers a devastating injury in practice. You're they're going to then switch to C.J. Stroud, and they're going to want to think see they're going to want C.J. Stroud and everyone else to think he was their number one guy all along. So why go public with it? You know, if they know Bryce Young is going to be completely healthy into the draft, there's nothing's going to go down. There's no reason for them not to announce it at this point. I can't imagine them being indecisive and them not being sure at this point. Because if they're not sure at this point, then they they have a real problem on their hands. What's fascinating is they say the two best players in the draft this year are John Robinson and Jalen Carter. And obviously we know the issues with Jalen Carter yeah. mm-hmm. with the uh, the car uh, accident. Yeah. And then be John Robinson because he's a running back. But they're probably and if you look at their college film, you can't disagree. Yeah. Well Will yeah, well, Anderson was up there too, yeah. but he had yeah. he didn't have a great junior I know. year. I think he may have been trying to play it safe so he wouldn't get hurt last year. You think so? I, yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I don't like. He was so highly regarded the year before that. Yeah, go ahead, guys. Jalen Carter showed up to you know combine son reportedly nine pounds overweight, and that kind of bothers me. If if you have some personal issues, you need to keep away, keep away, but don't show up nine pounds overweight. I don't put stock in the combines as far as a guy looking good and raising his value. But, you know, you kind of do look a little bit at attitude. Like, why are you not? Here's my problem with that, Jack, what you said. The combines are shorts Olympics. There have been players. We always talk about Mike Malula, people, because he did well. We're talking about Richardson M today because he looks good in shorts. But you do not play football with shorts on. You play football in full pads. There are guys that oh, – Jack, I hate – Speak to Mac. I hate the combines. Mac's the I'm sorry, Jack. I'm yeah. sorry. Listen, I never stuck with Zach Wilson as my quarterback. I, listen, I think I think and I've said as I said before, the combine is for the lower tier players that haven't been seen. But that's not always true. That's not no. always true because a lower tier player. He could blow up the combine because he runs fast, jumps high. True. That's true. Look at his film because that's how you play the game. Speaking yeah. of combines, I want to ask Rob. Tennessee yeah. looks like they're going to draft a quarterback, the Titans. They have Malik Willis as their backup. What becomes of Malik Willis? Because Tannenhill is still going to be the starter next year. Yeah. Can you is he going to get relegated to third string? I mean, a guy who was supposed to be a big time prospect a year ago. Well, we all seen what you know, he, he's extremely raw, but we don't see what he's bringing to the locker room. Is is he not showing a good work ethic? Because he's going to have to work extremely hard to get up to par, and yes. we don't see that. Maybe they see him every day. And there's discussions with Frable and the staff saying, man, this guy, he's not putting in the kind of hours that we're going. That's the reason why he, one of the reasons why he left uh, Auburn. He says, I admitted it. His words, not mine. He said, hey, I wasn't working that hard on film study. But Robert brings up a great point. Quarterbacks are different. Yeah, We always see why Peyton Manning was successful because of extra hours. Why these quarterbacks are successful 
the majority of them. We talk about Mahomes being the great athlete, but Mahomes works at his skills. Yeah. We talk about Burroughs being the great player, but he works at his skills. The great ones do a little extra to be great. Yeah. Like Kyler Murray, you mean young guys, young <laughs> and you see he struggles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jim you know was right all along about Hurts. He got that big contract. You said I was he had I was just I was just gonna mention yeah. that, Robert. Um yeah. So Hertz gets this huge contract and you yeah. still got Burroughs out there. What kind of contract do you think Burroughs is gonna Ooh. get now? Well, you know. I'm I'm getting the indication just reading between the tea leaves. I, I'm a, I'm I'm just an everyday average guy that reads a lot of stuff on here. I think he's going to take somewhat of a hometown discount because he wants to keep Jamar Chase and Higgins. I don't know if that's going to work out that way, but he's going to get a lot of money, and rightfully so. It just is he going to break all the records and get sixty million again? He's well aware. Of, of the kind of uh, power he's got right now. He could break out and, and, you know, they built a practice for faci indoor facility because this guy was there. Yeah. Let me ask you that. That's a good question you make. Yeah. Because Burroughs is doing this, does that put a more emphasis on Lamar Jackson? He's trying to break the bank. Yeah. Or is he? And he, they can't build a team if he breaks the bank. Right. Right. Hurts 179 guaranteed, guys. That's no uh, 232 for J Watson. And and uh, Allen and somebody else signed. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But there's been uh, Russell Wilson. Yes. Multiple contracts are less than Deshaun Watson. Just because yes. the, the Browns overpaid doesn't mean everybody else is. Yeah. So the market's and kind of corrected itself, Jim. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So – uh, Barkley, yeah, Charles Barkley. He's uh, I mean, he's everywhere now. I mean, he's even got a CNN primetime with Gail King coming up. Yeah, people can't get enough of this guy, Robert. Well, Barkley, uh, it, it's it's the same company, I guess, Turner owns CNN and and um, okay. TNT, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I read the concept, it, it sounds like a really good idea, actually. Uh, yeah. it talks about. Uh, the article I was reading says, you know, people are so caught up. Like when you hear an answer about a problem, you already know what side of the political aisle that person is. Instead of looking at problems specific, but problem after problem, uh, Barkley's going to take, if he takes that same approach that he took in 20 plus years of being a uh, NBA guy, uh, he'll be successful there. Now, if, if he feels pressured, to, to pander or whatever. I don't think Barkley will do that, but if he does, he will not be successful in that room. So I, I could see what the school of thought is behind the Gail King thing. But do you think he'll be as popular as uh, Michael Strahan? Oh, I think he can be more. He, Strahan is extremely yeah. popular. He's got a high Q rating, um, <laughs> but Barkley – Barkley's very brutally honest, man, and and people like that. I, I found myself staying up late. I, I recorded the game last night just to see what Barkley Shaq had to do. I don't even watch the NFL shows that much anymore. The post game, interesting. So you just got to look. Uh, there's got to be millions of people like me because Barkley's going to tell you the truth. And you know, he said it. He said one time. He said people going to hate you for whatever you say. Just say what you really mean. And I thought that's true. I never thought about it that way. 
Um, saying that, LaShawn McCoy says what he thinks, but everybody is despises him. What did he say? He just said that uh, Jim Kelly, how can he talk about um, playing and he's never won a Super Bowl? He's lost four Super Bowls. Oh, wow. That great. I couldn't believe that. And you well, he saw- also said he can outrun Michael mm-hmm. Vick, and then Vick beat him in that race, too. No, yeah, no, no. and then he also said um, the things about um, the offensive coordinator that went to Washington. Oh, be enemy. He the sure enemy. did. And I mean, well, he just don't have a big platform, Jim. No, he has he's saying that stuff. When LaShawn McCoy was a running back for the Bills, Jim Kelly mentioned that the Bills need some help at running back, and LaShawn McCoy didn't uh, forget. When he was with me, the I team, you. he didn't like <laughs> the enemy the way he was being used. And, and, you know, it's his way of trying to get back at others. No credibility, LaShawn McCoy at all. That means he's going to wind up at ESPN. Yeah, but here's the thing that I said. <laughs> Charles Barkley has. Randy Kevely, Antonio Brown, they're all going to wind up on the ESPN, you know. Charles Barkley might be a lot of things, but he is credible. He's, what, a top 50 player? No, no, Charles Barkley's credible now. He's kind of become like an elder statesman, but he criticizes the modern NBA players as being prima donnas, too sensitive, they can't take criticism. That's how he was when he was a player. That is true. any criticism so i don't want to hear because he's gotten older and he's in a different role he acts different and listen you do evolve as a person yeah i I watched jack and kenny jackson anyway so he's matured a lot but charles hartley was a knucklehead when he was a player yeah he was was. robert one last thing for you i didn't i didn't i didn't uh uh text you this but interesting with phil jackson talking about it he says he hasn't watched an NBA game since the bubble. And he's saying that, and this is Phil Jackson. That was normally, you know, he's the Zen guy, but he's kind of being a little outspoken here. He's saying he doesn't watch it anymore. You know, he follows it, the highlights or whatever, but he doesn't watch because of what happened there, that they had the shirts on with justice and the black Lives matter movement. It became too political for him. Um, I mean, again, this is pretty, uh, this is pretty, this is not normal for Phil Jackson to say. Um, I guess a lot, maybe a lot of people agree with him though, because the ratings yeah. did drop. They did drop, but you know the the commissioner they did away with that years ago. Somebody should tell him that that's been <laughs> off for years. He's in Montana. He doesn't. He's, know. he's, he's been living in uh, Montana on top of a mountain, Jim. Come on, that Phil Jackson's another one. Phil Scotty's best friend was when he was a play on the Knicks. His best friend. Yeah. He, and he continued to be a friend was Bill Bradley, who wound up being a United States senator. Yeah. And when he was coach of the Lakers, the Bulls, whenever a player had a, a kind of political viewpoint, let's say he liked the Republican Party or whatever, Phil Jackson would pull him aside, talk to him, give him a book, try to gently sway the guy's views. So he I don't like think you know that would be like greg popovich who takes a stand on social issues all of a sudden saying oh i don't like the nba you know because it's become too political you know i mean come on eight minutes i mean what was popovich he's you know go run for office you're gonna hold up the you know 
Yeah. Yeah. That's bad for the league. He was in the Air Force Academy. Yeah, he was in the Air Force. He he says one thing and then he does. No, I I defer to the people who've actually served in the military if those are ever issues. I mean, they should have like, they, they should have the most clout as far as opinions go, you know, who I listen to the most. Yeah, but out of basketball. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's not the place to be. And nobody's going to push back. They're all scared of him, you know. I don't, you know, I don't mind (laughs) a slogan or something put on a player's uniform and all that during the game. What I get, like if I'm listening to talk shows, I don't want to think that I'm listening to CNN or Fox News. You know, know, I'm tuning in for sports. Sometimes I understand if the two things merge, you know, it should be talked about, but not, you know, every day, the whole show. That, that's just me, you know? Yeah. 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 He got mad. He got mad about that whole LeBron said something about posse. He's got an issue with LeBron. Uh, Jackson, LeBron yeah. had the entourage. He used the word, po- you know, and uh, he made some comment about that and it, and it ticked LeBron off and, and people were saying it was racist and everything. And so, so, and then I think, I think, uh, uh, Scotty Pippen took a shot at Phil Jeff. And, you know, everybody knows he's just the Zen master. Well, I mean, he's know, not, Scotty yeah. Pippen from that time, he wouldn't come off the bench, you know, in that playoff yeah. game and that being embellished in the last dance, the documentary. Yeah. Now, Scotty Pippen is starting, you know, to go off and attack. He's attacking yeah. Jordan, attacking Phil Jackson and all. I mean, you have to look at the sense of credibility of people. Yeah. Now we hear Isaiah Thomas, he's always attacking Michael Jordan. It's related to being him left off the dream team. Jordan went in Isaiah Thomas's view from the greatest player of all time to the fourth best to the seventh best. Soon Jordan won't even be in his top 20. Yeah, but I, I, when we come back from break, I'll talk to you about what happened with that one. That sounds, yeah. that sounds great. It's so, a lot of under, like, yeah, there's some under yeah. this and that and so. All right, guys. I, I like, <laughs> all right, uh, Robert. Uh, we'll see you uh, next week. That's Robert Butler from SportsCope. Thank you, Robert. Yes. You you take care, Robert. You're doing the draft uh, show, we'll Mac. You're yes. going to the draft yes, show. Yes, Thursday. Oh, okay. you got all right, it. Sounds great. All right, my friend. Take care. <laughs> Have a good show, guys. All right. You too, Robert. So uh, Jim has taken. Uh, control of the show. He's saying you got to go to break now. So well, I, I know you go to break this time every week. Oh yeah, okay, Jim. That's all right. You can you can, hey listen. You can take over the show if you want. I have no problem with that. <laughs> so we we'll be back, folks, after uh, this promotion break. He was a giant, and he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. 
It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news. Hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. See right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate. All right, I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate. Oh, I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn! Hey, isn't he? Well, we're back from the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Jim has uh, told us we should be back in right now, so we all. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to help you out. No, you know how just... going. Yeah, I know. Jack needs, Jack needs his break. We, it's true. It does need his break. Um, then and, and he spots it, out. It depends how much clout you have on the show to do that. It's like a player who's on the disabled list. They want him training away from the facility. If it's one of the impact players and he shows up, even though he wasn't asked to show up, even though they're uneasy about it, he could get away with it. But if it's a low-level player who has to be off the team facility and he shows up at the team facility, he might get cut. Hey, but okay. I, I know you guys remember this, what happened with Jordan and Isaiah. When Jordan made his first All-Star game, if you remember it, what happened was is Isaiah freezed him out so he didn't win the MVP of it. And that's always been a, uh, something that Jordan never forgave him for. Yeah, that's, that, that's that what true. it was. But, 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 you know, there were so many moving pieces because Isaiah, you know, grew up in Chicago. He was big over there. And then Jordan comes to Chicago and down over but the thing about it, you know, Jordan, in, he was indirectly responsible for Isaiah not being on the dream team. Not directly. They never talked to Jordan about it. But according to Jordan, he asked who's going to be on the team when they asked him. And, and they said, the guy you're thinking about is not going to be on the team. Isaiah, it wouldn't have been good having Isaiah on the dream team. Not at all. Actually, Magic Johnson, who was formerly Isaiah's buddy, he didn't want Isaiah on the team because when Magic came up with HIV, Isaiah said something really mean-spirited, which Magic felt betrayed their friendship. So Magic wasn't talking to Isaiah at that point, didn't want to know from him for the most part. Then there was Carl Malone, you know, the incident that happened. Then there was Larry Bird, you know, the incident that happened after the playoff game. And uh, Scotty Pippen hated Isaiah's guts. And just having Isaiah around would have been a negative. Just having him around. And, you know, so it would have been bad for team chemistry. I mean, then let, let's let's face it about Isaiah. Say what you want about him. But do you really trust Isaiah? And, and there's karma involved in this. Adrian Dampley, who was a member of the Detroit Pistons, 
he got traded, you know, the year they finally broke through and won their first the two consecutive titles. He didn't get along with Isaiah, but Isaiah claims he's innocent, nothing to do with it. Maybe not directly, but, you know, I'm sure indirectly that affected the deal with Adrian Bantley. But he, um, at that time, Isaiah wanted Aguirre, Mark Aguirre, because they grew it's up. Funny. Yeah. It's good, buddy. Yeah. Stuff, so, you know, just stuff like that. And the way they played the game. Isaiah was a, a complete sneak. At least Bill Lambert was out in the open. And Bill Lambert was a, a yeah. bad guy. Let's be honest, a bad guy. I don't but think he was a bad guy. I think Bill Lambert was the guy that would do anything to win. Does that make you a yeah. If you had, oh, 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 oh. Well, well, Jack, Jack, Jack. If you, Jack. No, Jim yeah. can't get away with that statement, Mac. <laughs> Let me call him out. Let me say, yeah. Buddy, Ryan, Buddy Ryan wasn't a bad guy. When he ordered someone to go for your knees, Jimmy wanted to do anything to win. Getting wow. you out of the game would have helped Buddy Ryan win. I could use that argument. It's you could use that argument. You could use that argument. He yeah. tried to injure players, Bill Ambeer. He, Larry Bird said well, Rick Mahorn would knock him on his behind, but they were hard, clean hits. But Bill Lambert tried to actually injure him, Larry Bird said. See, see that's that's where Lambert and Daryl Green uh yeah, Daryl Green. Am I saying it right? Uh for for the uh for the uh, uh for the for the Warriors. That's where they're both that's where they're both the same. They will do anything to win. They'll and stop. Doesn't try to injure players, I don't he just think. did. He just did. He just Except stopped on a guy's chest. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. The guy was grabbing his leg. See? That was That's true. I agree, but he did but he, do that. And that was hard. And, and, yeah, no, he's come up, he's come up under he's come I up mean, under what players that did was worse. Christian Lightning during that Duke game, he stomped hard, harder than Draymond Green did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Draymond Green Draymond Green has had more technical fouls, I think, in, in the last few years than anybody. I mean, the guy is you know who's had the most technical fouls this year? Who's Dylan Brooks, 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of these guys thrive on the image thing because it builds up their stock. Now, Dylan Brooks is right, Jack. okay player. Yeah, you could even call him a good at, at most he's a good player, or just a plain basic good player at most. Look, he starts for you know uh Memphis. But the point is, it's uh, they embellish their image and everyone catches on. You know, he thinks he gets inside other players' heads by doing that. I and would does agree. he? I would agree. You know, maybe once in a while he actually does on a given game. So, so let's, 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 you know, we covered that to, to death today. Let's, let's get into, we normally have Jack go boxing last, but there was a big fight last night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Had Tank Davis. Uh, taking out uh, uh, Ryan Garcia. Yes, but it wasn't with a uh, a knockout to the head. It was a, a punch to the midsection. The liver. Supposedly hit him in the liver. And Tank Davis, uh, me and uh, uh, Jim, kind of differ with Jack at this. I think that Tank Davis was in Garcia's head uh, since it started. I, You know, Garcia was off a little while a couple of years ago because he had some mental health issues. And 
100% sympathetic towards any person who has mental health issues. And Garcia, I mean, he was bold in the windup. He was the one that wanted this fight in the worst way. He didn't target Devin Haney or Shakur Stevenson. He kept targeting Tank Davis. He really believed he was going to beat him. Now, you say he was inside Ryan Garcia's head. Did Ryan Garcia have any self-doubt going in? I, I guess most fighters maybe to a small degree and that they push it out of their head. And But Ryan Garcia was the one who was bold, who was doing most of the talking. And Tank Davis was basically reacting, you know, to the talking. And I think if he got, if Tank Davis got inside Ryan Garcia's head, it was in the second round. Garcia made a good start in the first round. He was very aggressive, taking at the Tank in the second round, backing Tank up. And then Tank hits him a counter left and knocks Garcia down, a heavy knockdown. I don't think, I don't know whether he heard him, but he stunned him. And all of a sudden, wow, that's a mental wake-up call that this guy with one punch knocks me down. But then it was a pretty good fight and a pretty even fight till the seventh round. And then, and, but Tank always is this, the way he operates, he's very methodical. He takes mm. his time. He doesn't worry about losing a couple of rounds early. He lands a body shot and yeah, right in the liver. These body shots from the outside, we don't know how it affects a fighter. Uh, but even the guy who lands the punch doesn't know. Now, Bernard Hopkins, I was talking with him once, and he told me about when he knocked out Oscar De La Hoya with the body shot. He said he thought Oscar was going to get up after he landed the punch. He was yeah. a, a bit surprised Oscar didn't get up. And I remember Vinny Pazienza after that fight was telling me, he's now called Vinny Paz in a phone conversation. Uh, he didn't like De La Hoya's attitude, not getting up, the body shot. And I said to Vinny, how do you know how much it affected Oscar? He said, yeah, you never know for sure. I was once hit like that in the gym, and it kind of took the wind out of me, you yeah. know, too. But this is what bothered me a little about the knockout. And no one else well, Garcia got up as soon as the count was 10. Yeah. It's like he looked, he nodded his head, and it's. I kind of wonder his resolve at the end. Did he lose just a little bit resolve? Now, Davis is um... – going to be um, out of commission for quite a while, right? We don't know. In two weeks, uh, he meets that was tragic what happened. He meets a Baltimore judge. I'm going to tell you, Jim, what was in Matt, what was interesting in the lead-up to this fight. No one mentioned Davis's out-of-the-ring situation. Now, Garcia wanted to get inside his head completely. All he needed to do was keep reminding Davis, man – you know, I'm going to put you out of commission, and if I don't, in two weeks, you're going to be out of commission. You're being knocked yeah. out one way or the other. It, but they, Garcia never did it. I have a feeling it was in the contract, just a feeling, no evidence that there was one of these disclosure, whatever, uh, non-disclosure agreements where they couldn't mention. No one mentioned in the promotion. Yeah, no one in the media asked Davis after the fight, to my knowledge. Yeah. You know what? In two weeks, what's going to yeah. be? It's like everyone was told to shut up. So what had to happen was is Davis had a Lamborghini, and he crashed into a car 
and what was it? Four people that were injured. Something like that. And he left. He left. He the left scene. the scene of the accident in a Camaro. Somebody had came and got him. So this is pretty serious. And he's been and in that, before. There have been other incidents yep. like you know domestic violence. Domestic violence going on, and I saw one clip of Davis flanked by some of uh, his aides, I'll call them, okay? And grabbing a woman forcefully by a hand and having her out, which I found disturbing, you know, to see that. Well, that, was, that, was a, that was a while ago. And there have been other things like that, too. Yeah. I, I will say this for Davis. After the fight with Garcia, he was as gracious as could be. It was nice to see the two of them together, having their pictures, talking. It was very civil. They they were both first class pros afterwards, and it, it it was nice to see. Jack, let's get back to the fight. Um, Mew and I both picked Garcia to win this fight. We thought that he could he could you know withstand uh, withstand it and come back in the late rounds and get a decision out of this. I thought he'd hold on in the late rounds, Garcia. What? He get a lead why, early. Why, why didn't he? Why didn't he use his size advantage? His reach advantage and, size, and box and box uh, tank. I know Tank. I know Tank is is kind of a, a swarmer. I guess you could call him if you want, but it didn't look like Garcia wanted to box him at all, uh, especially in the beginning. You know, it turned out Tank is just was just a little better. I mean, Tank defensively is very very good. Okay, he was able to duck on a lot of punches. Garcia's main punch is his left hook. He just couldn't quite land it squarely. He landed at times. Tank Davis would roll with the punch. Tank doesn't only have great punching power. He boxes very well. How I thought the fight was going to unfold, I thought Garcia would jump off to a big lead. Okay? And Tank was very methodical, would come on in the late rounds, close the gap for the most part. Not, if you heard me on Bloodfist, I thought Garcia would emerge with a tight split decision that probably be controversial, that type of fight. And who knows how it would have played out had he not gone down from the body shot. Yeah, but Jack, um, you saying this. Garcia had, what, uh, 19 knockouts and Davis had 23? You knew this was going to end up being that type of fight in the end. Well, but you never know. I looked the other way, Jim. Neither guy ever lost, meaning neither That's guy cool. was knocked out as well. So it's unpredictable. You know, there's a threesome right now of Tank Davis, Shakur Stevenson, and Devin Haney. You put the three of them in one group, everyone else is behind them in and around their weight division. It's like a marathon. Garcia's running behind them. You know, even though he could be competitive, Josh Taylor, Tiafimo Lopez, Regis Progray, they're all very capable, top-of-the-line fighters. But those three are great fighters. They're like in a group themselves. Maybe a case could be made for Tank Davis not being the best fighter pound for pound in boxing because Terrence Crawford isn't fighting. That's right. And, and, and I know Jim's favorite fighter, Errol Spence. I mean, Jim hangs on every word Spence says. Jim, what's with your boy, Errol Spence? Well, here's the thing. I got to first say that when Pags and um, Frank Lorenzo fight, they have to go catch weight because I learned what catch weight is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, Spence and Crawford don't fight. That's ridiculous because that is the only major fight 
and that's hurting boxing for them not fighting. Don't you agree? Uh, it, it was, but I think people stopped caring. You know what I said to Frank Agluffis? I'd heard word that the two sides were really talking and really trying to get it together. And I had a feeling they may have announced it during the Garcia, you know, uh, tank fight that June 17th, the big fight's finally happening, Crawford and Spence. What a buzz that would have created. No one announced that. Yeah. I mean, it's to the point where people haven't, are not caring as much anymore. And I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford at 147. And you take all these guys like Tank, who's 135. You take Devin Haney, who's maybe more comfortable with fighting at 140. Shakur Stevenson, you know, he's comfortable at 135. These guys could move up at weight. In the old days when we had eight divisions, guys who weighed lightweights, 135 pounds, used to challenge welterweights on a regular basis. It wasn't a big deal. They talk about the famous fight, Sugar Ray Robinson, Jake LaMotta. Sugar Ray was giving away 15 pounds in those fights. Yet he took it on. No one talked about the weight then. Yeah, it's true. Let me ask you this question uh, real quick, Jack. Um, welterweights have always been usually the greatest division. I know we all love heavyweights, but welterweights are where in every in, um, sports – that are like that combat in wrestling. It's the same thing. Welterweights have always been really good. Well, when you have Spence and Crawford for a while, they were considered maybe the two best pound for pound in boxing. Maybe not Spence. He was considered maybe top five. Crawford was considered number one. But Spence had a little bit of the better resume as far as who they fought. And that was the fight people kept talking about. Let me ask you this. It, guys, it's, it's hard to fight now if they signed Spencer Crawford as it would have been if they fought last November. I think it lost something. Even if they, they sign it today, it's lost its a little edge. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. like, it's well, like the car. You get a new car. If you drive it out of the lot, you feel great. But if you know... The salesman's been driving it around for one week in the roads, even though it only has like a few hundred miles on it. It's not the same. I still think there'll be some excitement behind it. Oh, yeah. Big excitement, but still. Uh, one one question before we move off uh, boxing, Jack. I haven't heard nothing about Boots Ennis, uh, Ennis lately. Oh, forget yeah. Boots. As you're listening to Frank Laterzo. No one's talking about Boots. I saw why are you talking about Boots in this who won a lackluster decision his last time out? I mean, yeah. you're talking Supposedly. about double-headed in Saudi Arabia. Now it looks like Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder might actually be fighting in December, and they're trying to get Tyson Fury to fight Alexander Usyk. Imagine that type of heavyweight double-header. That'd be a good, that'd be good fights now. Yeah, be- a double a heavyweight double-header like that. That yeah. is cool. And then you have the winners maybe meeting, Wilder. even though I admit Fury, if it's Fury and Wilder again, that oh, I mean, it's an overly appealing, you know, it might right. sell. If it's, or if it's Josh one, Usyk is the two winners. You don't want to see them fight the a third time. Right. You know, but if it's Josh yeah. one, Fury, that would be, you know, an yeah, I think that'd be a good one. Match up sure. too. And then you, 
you know, and then the fights that aren't being made, like Dimitri Bival, the guy who beat Canelo against Arda Benavides. You know, you talk about catchweights, Jim. Canelo Alvarez wants to avenge his loss to Dimitri Bival. That was fought at 175 pounds to light heavyweight limit. If they're going to have a rematch, uh, chances are Canelo is going to want to make Bival come down and wait. And, you know, and, and and still these sanctioning bodies might allow it to be for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Wow. Where a guy has to give away weight. That's like That's illegal. Yes. That's ridiculous over there. Can you imagine when you were playing, if there was an option and you could make the opposing team, the linemen, make a certain weight, you knew what they weighed just to weaken them. Increase oh. the chances of your team. I mean, it's uh, all right. Jack, uh, let's get the major league baseball news. We haven't done that yet. Uh, the New York Mets, um, their big first baseman, Pete Alonso, yeah. is, is, is leading the uh, league in home runs right now with 10. We talked a little bit about this on the debate show whether they should have Alonso sign the extension now or wait uh, till the season is over. Jack, why don't you tell the folks what you your thoughts were yesterday? You, you know, you got to sign him now unless you have doubts about Pete Alonso going forward. I mean, isn't this a guy who hit over 50 homers one year? I mean, he's proven himself. He's off to a great start. If you wait till the end of the year, the, not only does the price go up, maybe that doesn't bother Steve Cohn, who has 17. I mean, that's what I was about now. to say. Steve Cohn is the richest owner in uh, But isn't there a chance, Jim, that the player might just decide, I wouldn't mind playing elsewhere. You, you assume he loves being a New York Mets so much. Where might he want to go to? But let's say the Dodgers lose out on the Otani sweepstakes or San Diego, and they're willing to just go way over and beyond. I, you, you're always taking a risk. When you open up the door, look, Freddie Freeman with the Braves. No one thought he was going to leave. No one thought that even during free agency. No one thought that in the initial stages. But, you know, things happen. You know, words are said. You know, a simple thing could happen. They could assume Steve Cohen. I'm going to pay Pete Alonso more than anyone else. He said he's going to be a New York Met once he's a free agent. But some guys like to be wined and dined. They like to be pampered during the free agent thing. And, for, and if you don't do it for whatever reason, you think I'm just going to write him a big check, sometimes that doesn't get it done. Yeah. Let me ask you this question on, on the same thing. Otani is going to be out. And do you think he the Angels can keep him? No, no way. I, I don't think so. I mean, once he gets to free agency – the bids are on. And if Steve Cohn, the med owner, wants him bad enough, Steve Cohn will give crazy money. What What do you think, guys, Otani's going to be worth? The highest paid player in Major League Baseball, I think, is Max Scherzer, a little over $43 million. Average annual salary, if I'm not mistaken. With Otani, you start talking at 50 million a year. You gotta give him somewhere 10 to 12 years. Probably like he'll he'll want to let, you know, he's 29 years old, he'll be 30. I bet he's gonna contract till he's age 42 because he pitches. Yeah. So what are teams gonna offer him? 
I have a theory because he's a pitcher, a great pitcher, and an everyday player. You're getting two players in one in a sense. That's so true. if you want to look at it that way, I think Otani is going to wind up getting north of 60 million a year. And I think it's going to be like 12 years or so. He's going to hit, he's going to wind up in about the $700 million range, as crazy as that seems. As crazy. Look how marketable this guy is. He is marketable. He population, and, and he's a great player. This guy is an, an off-the-charts player, an off-the-charts uh, marketable player. I mean, someone is going to come up with crazy, crazy money, and the one guy that can afford it I hate to say Steve Cohn, because you guys know if you have 17 billion, and if you're gonna think, well, I can afford to lose a billion or two, that makes you a very dangerous owner. I I don't think Otani's gonna make that type of money, Jack. I think nope. in fact I I don't. I think he still stays with the Angels. As long as the Angels win, uh, California can afford him. I, I the think the Angels haven't been winning I well, I, I'm saying if they do yeah, if they do, if they can win, if they can at least get to the playoffs. I think he'll stay with him. I think he'll stay with the Angels because he likes playing out on California. Of course, San Diego's there. The Dodgers are there. You can't oh, leave. You can't yeah. leave. You can't leave them out of the, this discussion either. How about the uh, Giants? Yeah, I mean, the all Giants, those. Teams, yeah, all yeah those they teams, have a big Asian population there. He doesn't like. He doesn't. I don't think he wants to play on the East Coast yet. I don't think Otani wants to play. Well, we don't know. He didn't want to play. The Yankees tried to get him. He didn't want to play in New York at Yankee Stadium. So he went to the California to play for the Angels. But since then, he's come and he's played a number of times in New York. For all we know, Otani might say, I love Yankee Stadium. I love being here. This is exciting. The fans my, maybe his mindset has changed since when he first came in the big leagues. I mean, we don't know. But with that said, I agree with you. He probably wants to be in California. The Dodgers are clearing space on their books to make a run at Otani. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he, he would fit right in there. Um, I think I think I don't think it'll be a 12-year contract. Yeah, I think it'll be a shorter contract. If you pay him as two players, if yeah. if he was only a pitcher. You would conceivably pay him up to forty million a year, conceivably. Yeah. And and if you want to consider he's a position player and add in another twenty million, that's sixty million a year. You're paying one guy, but it pays two players. He could be in the lineup every day, especially with the designated hidden both leagues. Now. That's true. That is true. I can get an eight-year contract, Jack, but for a lot more money. You won't I can sign him that. That's why, yeah. That, that's why, Mac, you got to be realistic. You're not unfair with eight years. That's certainly fair, but it's not realistic. He wouldn't sign for eight years because teams are going to offer him 11, 12 years. So why would he sign for eight years? You know what's kind of unusual about this era of sports is Otani's a great player, don't get me wrong, and he deserves every penny. But you're seeing also average players getting huge contracts, which is not right. I mean, you you see the superstars get them, but now you're seeing average players that have they do they're basically they have one year and then they get paid off that one year. 
You know, they you want. Know, they want. I, I don't know. They, they're entertainers like you were when you were a player. It's true. Of, all, of everyone who's played as a major sport, yours was football. Uh, only one percent, maybe, of the guys. I'm just throwing it off the top of my head. Make it to an NFL level, right? Yes. You, know, so you make it. So when they make it, let them get the rewards. That's yeah, I'm the not saying that, but, but the superstars, the guys that are going to be legendary, you know, you don't have a problem with a Patrick Mahomes. No. You can get a Kyler Murray. That's but all. they don't get Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Kyler Murray, I agree. But that's bad judgment. But is but even in the case of Kyler Murray, he did make a couple of Pro Bowls. He was pretty good for a couple of years. He looked like he was worth the money. It was the last year where his attitude came into question and Arizona could have gone either way. And I, I don't feel they should have signed them. You know, I think you know, even, now, even now, guys, I think Arizona picks third in the draft. They're in a position to draft a quarterback. I bet Arizona could trade with Houston, go to number two. But would anyone take Kyler Murray now? And what's interesting to me about, about, football now is it's not just the quarterbacks and wide receivers and the cornerbacks making all the money you see offensive linemen get unbelievable yearly salary right now uh the the uh the green bay packers you look at the kansas city chiefs right now with brown i mean they're getting unbelievable contracts to play but i agree with that because that's one of the most difficult positions to play uh, I, i'm I not i'm not disagreeing with you jim i'm just saying the notoriety Brown's maybe the exception to the rule. He's yeah, he went to Cincinnati. But the problem you have is college football is not training these offensive linemen like they used to. <laughs> the schemes. So the offensive linemen, they have to be more athletically gifted. I got a question to ask you guys, and I, I don't know the answer to this, which was interesting. The Jets center the last three years has been Connor McGovern who the Jets are moving on from, is to the center's relationship with the quarterback. How crucial is that? Is he like the equivalent of a caddy to a golfer? Is the center sometimes, I, I don't mean to be funny. Is he no, you're not. I understand what you're saying. And I got a good answer for that. There is, is a, yeah. there is a I clip between Peyton Manning and the guy that used to be the uh, Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday, and Jeff Saturday said, "We got to run the darn ball." And Peyton said, "Hey, you just blocking to it." <laughs> but that's just the way it is. Centers and quarterbacks have to have a relationship, sure, because they make all those checks and everything. And they but do the coaches hold it a little against the center? Like Zach Wilson didn't develop. Connor McGovern was the center. Do they think if they just had a center with a better no, relationship? Because their centers in the draft, the Jets have been linked to drafting a center with one of their two second round picks. Uh, I, I just kind of wonder. So this, I mean, there's got to be a little more than the center just snapping the ball to the oh, quarterback. He makes all the line checks. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. And Jim, you know, the, the obvious uh, relationship is that the quarterback puts his hands, you know, down. That's, I the, obvious, so that's the obvious relationship uh, that, that they I have a close and personal yes. relationship. Yes, they do. Yes, I was going to leave that alone. I was going to wait for Jack said it. <laughs> no, did you, you guys never, I guess, 
you were supposed to see the movie Paper Lion from the 19, uh, you know, around 19, late 1960s, made with George Plimpton. Yeah. Imagine that today. They allowed him in the Detroit Lion quarterback. He's you right. know, the training camp. Players didn't know in the beginning he was kind of like a spy underneath. They finally figured it out when he didn't make didn't get cut immediately. But when he goes to take the play from under center, the center says, come on, get your hands in there. Like he was reluctant. You know? <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> yes. So, Jim, they did they did change some college, the college football rules. Yes. They have sped up the game. No more uh, clock. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's because it's been taking the games in like four hours now. So how can uh, they do that, though? You understand what I'm saying? If because they stopped the clock to get the obviously the um, markers in place. So they're going right. to just go. I that's that's what it seems like. They're going to be able to stop that. The chain gang has got to be in good shape now. Yeah, you got to have the chains. So I don't know. And that's the question I asked. And I was a little bit confused about that. I understand they want to speed up the game, and they will yeah. speed up the game. Definitely, definitely will. How do I mean, they know where to put the ball down on spots on the field? Because that always fascinated me. You know, because sometimes the first down, it's an inch or two, and the game could be on the line where they place the ball. Frank had always said in the championship game with the Giants where they lost to the Colts that famous game in overtime that – they got a bad spot, the Giants, where the ball was put down and had to punt that it really was a first down and they would have won the game late. They would have kept the clock moving because they had to punt. Johnny Unitas gets it back and was able to march the Colts down the field to tie the game up. That's but a good question. they know exactly where to put the ball? I think in the XFL, and they do a lot of things to experiment for the NFL, they use lasers, and they tell you exactly where the ball's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and you know, I I'm tired of Gifford saying that about the ball being placed. It was only what fourth and one. Why don't you go for it? Go for the go for the first down. Stop blaming the official. They should have been able to pick up ball one yard. If you can't pick up one yard. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't play the game. That's the way I look at something like that. I'm going to tell you one of the memories I remember from the 1970s that frustrated the heck out of me. The Rams are playing the Vikings in the playoff game. The Rams have the ball fourth and one inch on the Viking goal line. And Chuck Knox has gone for the field goal and nothing, nothing game. What the heck? Go for it. If you miss it, you have them Vikings so pinned back. And the field goal gets blocked and gets returned all the way for a touchdown. That's just the worst I mean, case. Yeah, that is the worst case. I don't know. I, maybe Chuck Knox didn't think that the Vikings were, and I don't know because I was only like seven years old at that right. time. But, uh, yeah, I, no, no, but, but the idea, I think that he probably thought that he could hold the Vikings offense down as far as scoring points, and every point was crucial. And maybe that's what I don't know. I can't get into Chuck Knox. If you can I mean, hold I mean, him down, Knox, Knox was a very conservative coach, Jack. You know that Chuck Knox was very conservative. Yeah, very. Yeah. And and you know he figured to get the three points, he's up three nothing, and let's go from there. But getting that the kick block to return for a touchdown, I mean, uh, who to predict that? That's that's, that's just true. that's just a uh, anomaly there. Um, back to baseball real quick, Max Scherzer. Receives a ten-game suspension, and he's not. Oh, yeah, and he's not going to uh, appeal it. 
So the Mets pitcher, the one they paid all this money for, will be gone out. Ten games. Ten games is what? Two starts, Jack? I mean, well, really one start. They suspended him from the moment yeah. of the game he was on the mound. So he'd make one mm-hmm. start in between. So Max Scherzer, it's not worth it for him to appeal. It. Yeah, yeah he was for the illegal substance, correct? He's, yeah, he's yeah. going gonna, gonna to lose the appeals. I never he's rising and sweat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's illegal. I, I so never understood this. Mac, Mac. Max Scherzer could be cheating during a game in which Major League Baseball, you know, promotes gambling in right. some way. So he could be cheating and that affects gambling. Right. Yet a player can make a phone call in the clubhouse of the NFL and bet on an NBA game and he's suspended for the year. I Let me know. just get the balance this out. Well, Jameson Williams is only suspended for six games. What about the other are suspended indefinite, which is I don't understand what what was the difference between them. What happens if you just bet on your team to win, not points straight out? You're betting on them to win. No, you know, they would I don't never, get it. Ever allow that, Jack? They would never ever allow. No, 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 no. But what is the harm that's being done? If you're strictly betting on your team to win, you're not using the points. You, you take, you, let's say you're on the line. Your no, team is that's, that, that will even never, money in the game, and you bet on never, it. That will never happen. Never. Um, back to back to the fear being fear about suspending pitchers as opposed to regular players. You was, you know, you suspend a regular player for five games or ten games. That really hurts the team. But a pitcher, why does a pitcher get away with this? Why don't they suspend him for five starts? That would change. I think that would change. That makes sense. Yes. But here's my question to you. Is it worked? Will he do it again? Because he only, like you said, he loses two starts as opposed to the whole season. Would he try or is it or does the penalties accelerate if he gets caught again? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know the rule. Yeah. Guys, the question's this, too. What happens if he really was innocent? He swears on his kid's life. Well, what's he supposed to do differently? Also, what was – is this similar to the controversy with Tom Brady with the deflated football? Because I thought that was kind of severe. I thought that was nonsense. I don't know if it's the same. I don't know, but it does. Think about that. You can catch a deflated football easier than you can catch a normally pressured football. Why was the NFL letting them use their own balls? Why didn't they have their own – the NFL balls? true. You make valid points. That's 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 the NFL's fault. Jack, when Jack was uh, winning those uh, flag football championships, he didn't use his own ball. He uses the opponent's balls. Yeah, he did. Well, I didn't have the ball thrown to me that much. So didn't have much of an effect. Yeah, Jack was a blocking uh, wide receiver. Yeah, um, a decoy, no. basically a decoy. Yo, no, Jack, I don't believe that. So, yeah. so back to the. Ru- Rosin is not illegal. You can have rising on the pitching mound. Yeah. Yeah. You sweat. Of course you're going to sweat. How can that's you suspend point. a guy for using that's, illegal substance and sweating makes no absolutely that's, that's what I was asking you to because I don't understand that. The reason no, why. I'm not faulting the umpires. They were pretty confident in their decision. It was the worst they had ever seen. They had communicated with him beforehand. 
So I'm not critical in the shirts, this thing of the umpires. It seemed they were really on top of this and they, their resolve was great. And that's why I think shirts are maybe in part isn't appealing this. I mean, because the umpires seem to be united. And I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. But if you're a heavy sweater and you get that rosin shoe, I would be suspended every week because I sweat heavily. And some people do sweat more than others. That's the truth. That's the truth. So, um, Boomer Sison, Jack's favorite ex-quarterback, uh, predicts that the Jets will land Aaron Rodgers. There's your Aaron Rodgers uh, thing oh, for today, boy. Jack. So I know you want to. It would be news if he predicted they weren't going to have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know what no one talks about with Aaron Rodgers? Let's assume he's gone to the Jets, even though we can't be certain at this point. But let's assume that. How much does he have left in the tank after two back-to-back MVP seasons? Uh, after, I mean, after one back, after back-to-back NBA, NFL seasons. Did I say NBA, whatever? But he had a subpar year last year. He just wasn't, you know, he was maybe average last year. That I is mean, true. how much does he have left? I'm is not sure. I don't know. The Philly sports guy is trying to get in. Uh, we'll see if we can bring him in here later. I mean, we're almost Why done. Why is he coming on this late in the game? I mean, I guess he had, I guess he had, I guess he had, I guess he had, I guess he had something to do. I'm not sure, Jack. But how um, much does Aaron Rodgers have? I, 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 you make it, he's 39 years old. Yeah. He could have more or something left, but it's, a. I think the people around him have to be effective. He has to be a good, with a good roster on the offense and defense. Yeah. And I mean, isn't he missing? I don't, and they say that he is, he is throwing the ball with some receivers, but isn't he missing a lot of time with the team? Um, you know, getting to know the players, getting to know the. Well, is Hackett coached him before and Hackett is installing the offense that he's used in the past. So right. that should. Well, there he is. The Philly. There he is. Late to supper, but he's here. How you doing, Pags? All right. Good morning, guys. So it's been a crazy last couple of days. There's been a lot of Philadelphia sports happening. I'm already ready to go. Philly started new. I thought you were I thought you were picking Derek Henry up at the airport. <laughs> yeah. You know that ain't happening. That I feel like that's all just a rouge. It is. It definitely is. So you got to be happy with your 76ers sweeping, even without a beat, Pags. No doubt. There was never a dead question in my mind. I mean, Brooklyn just doesn't, didn't have it. I mean, it's think about think about how much this series yeah. changed if if Ben Simmons wasn't as soft as he is. Him playing in that series could have made a big difference. Hey, Pags, I had a question for you. Um, I noticed this when the Clippers played the Phoenix Suns during the uh, earlier games. Westbrook was calling, um, walking into the locker room, and a fan yelled out at him and called him Westbrook. And you had told us about that in um, Philadelphia when he was there, and they got into an altercation over that. What is so your thought? He, he gets very offended by that Mm -hmm. now i personally don't call him that i I don't need to 
I can I call him Russell. I call him by his first name. Yeah. And and he can get as angry as he wants to with me, but I don't ever go below the line and I don't ever offend him in that way. Yeah. When he went up to that fan, that fan yeah. backed down. Yeah, and then only when somebody was in between him yeah, did he yeah. get all up on his high horse. <laughs> I ain't a game, I ain't game for that. You yeah. act the exact same. If Russell Westbrook was to come up to me and confront me, I'm standing right on up and I'm going to continue to do what I do. But he's still a human being. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows about this name thing and, and that's why they go to it. I don't need to. I, it's low hanging fruit for me. I don't yeah. like to pick from the low hanging fruit. All that yeah. low hanging fruit's overripe as far as I'm concerned. I like to go above and beyond. And like I says, I don't ever, I'm never disrespectful, but mm -hmm. I definitely know how to get under somebody's skin. Mm -hmm. Well, Russell Westbrook called the fan an MF. I mean, so you could see what he said. I don't know whether you want to say it's worse because Russell Westbrook felt his family name was being insulted, but. He's just making the situation worse going forward, Russell Westbrook, the way he's reacted to it. But are you going to let up on him, Pax, if he, his team comes into Philly? That's what I want to know. Are you going to turn up the heat on Russell Westbrook? If, if, if we are in the finals against Phoenix or against the Clippers, I am absolutely going to do the Russell chant like, like it was Daryl Strawberry. And I'll have that whole stadium doing it. We don't have to call him West Brick. There's so many thousands of ways to get under his skin. You don't yeah. have to do all that. Like I said, if it, the, when he was with the Wizards, think about how like I th I just I remember how dejected he was walking into the locker room limping because his ankle was sore, and then the kid threw popcorn on him. Wow! And you yeah. watched in that moment in time. How sore that ankle wasn't because he was he was hot and ready to go jump in the stands. You know, so it was it was so funny that the popcorn, although like that was such again, that was over, it was beyond disrespectful. You don't need to do that. He was already walking in dejected. You know, the, the popcorn, all that did was show how dejected he was walking into the locker room because he was just. Now he was just angry, and he couldn't take it out on me, so he tried to take it out on the kid who, you know, who put popcorn on him. Pags, and that, and that's what Russell Westbrook's all about. Like, he can't handle it when he can't say anything. It's worse for him. So when I did my last video, when he was there with the Lakers, and I was like, hey, Russell, my buddy, he's blowing me off this way because he can't say anything. Because I'm not doing anything that that gets under, you know, that gets him to be able to react in a violent way. Mm -hmm. Pags, uh, MB kicks the Nets player in the groin. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of dirty. I mean, even Shaq and Barkley uh, came out and ripped MB for doing that. What are your thoughts? He, got, he let his emotions get the better of him. You know, it, that's that's what that was. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, it was a really hard foul. He takes a lot of them. You know what I mean? This was very early in the game, and he wanted to make a statement that I'm just not going to deal with it today. 
Uh, he went a little over the line, obviously. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't condone that type of behavior, but it did set, it did set the precedent that I'm not going to take it. Yeah, and but they were a little lighter on him after that. I, I agree with Max said this earlier is is that a lot of these guys are trying to instigate the, the stars of the game, you know, and a lot of times it's the second guy that gets caught instead of the first guy. And I, I would agree with that 100 yeah. percent. And that's what it was. I mean, he took a really hard foul. They yeah. gave the one guy a technical and they gave him a flagrant on. Yes. Should yeah. have been a flagrant two probably. Because what Harden did, I mean, as, as and of course, yeah. Now, now that was the makeup call, and they used Harden as the makeup call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but there's no way, there's no way that even the referees understand that they're not trying to kick out Embiid at four minutes into the first quarter. Yeah, that's not what they're trying to do. Yeah, instead they can kick out Harden. With six minutes left to go in the game. Yeah. Philly, you're going to the Phillies game? Is that where you're going next, Pags? Today, today is the Fanatics' birthday. So I'm going to be there and starting that off. And then I have to come home, shower, change, shoulder pads, football gear, and then head out to a charity event. Oh, okay. Okay. What do you, um, I know we've talked about it before. Uh, maybe, maybe some people viewing haven't heard this. Um, Eagles give uh, you know give Hertz that huge contract, uh, 170 million dollars guaranteed. How is this going to affect the Eagles team down the road, Pags? Don't you think that's going to with with the you know with the salary cap? Do you think the Eagles are going to lose some players because of this? No, no. I I think that that Howie's amazing capologist, and, and he's only all that money, all that money he's getting. His cap hit this year is six and a half million. Next year is 13 million. The year after that is 26 million. And then the year after that's 33 million. Now, five years from now or four years from now, there's a question mark because there's going to be a big cap hit that year. But I kind of expect that if everything goes the way it's supposed to and the way they'd like it to, expect a restructure then. They had yeah. Jordan Maialata restructured. So that's the reason why I put a little bit of credence, just a very small amount of credence into the Derrick Henry situation because yeah. they restructured Jordan Maialata's contract and they still have money to spend. There's still uh, something happening. And it makes well, me think it has more to do with the safety <clears throat> than it does with the running back. Just my well, opinion. What I read this morning, Derrick Henry and Eagles haven't even spoken to each other yet. So, you know, I I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I don't ever believe anything that I read. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. There's just way too much going on. For I got to give, give the Cowboys. You're talking about running backs, you know, Derrick Henry with the Eagles. That's why I give the Cowboys a ton of credit to signing Ronald Jones. That is a great signing. That's going to have a big impact. I mean, the Cowboys were ahead of the curve to jump oh, out of that one. What's the matter, Jim? I'm not a Ronald Jones guy. He, I have hey, yeah, perfect. I'm glad somebody yeah, said it. Because I'm like, who's Ronald Jones? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he was a he great was, high school player in Texas. And he outstanding with Tampa Bay. He wasn't outstanding Tampa with Texas. That's he why they got four Yeah. He's got he's gonna be their main running back, oh, not Pollard God. next year. You know, I'm telling you. Well, he's gonna be the out Pollard. He's gonna be the out Pollard. No, no, they can both be in the same backfield together, even though Texas he's not very big though. He's no, it's, it, it's like so everybody wants to the same yeah. way. And I'm gonna talk about it like Rashad Penny. When the Eagles signed Rashad Penny. And they're like, oh, that's a big signing, whatever. I'm like, that's not a big signing. He's, he's he is the same same player that Jordan Howard was. So it's the exact same player, could have used the exact same way. Same way I'd worry about the Cowboys, them getting Brandon Brandon Cooks as a wide out too. I mean Yeah, I do too. It's, yeah. <coughs> it's, it's not it's what with five teams, five or but six. But I'll say this. Jalen Hurts' stars rising, no pun intended, and Zach, I mean, Dak Wilson's is going down. And if I had to rate the two of them now, I'd put Jalen Hurts ahead of Dak Wilson. Well, of you course. Know, that's, that's yeah. that. well, you, mean, you mean Zach Wilson, right? No, no I was saying Dak Prescott. Zach Prescott. Prescott. You know, he's yeah. playing like Zach Wilson now, Dak Prescott. Yeah. No. Um, right. Okay, so Jalen Hurts has actually passed them, you know. Well, Jeff, that's not point. that's yeah. not major a major news story. We know that. No, you know, well, no, not Jalen just because of the contract. If you want to rate the top quarterbacks in football, Jalen Hurts is absolutely ahead of Dak Prescott right now. Yes, he is. Uh, let me do one more question uh, before uh, we leave. Uh, Pags with. Jalen Hurts getting his big contract, in your opinion. How big a contract do you think Joe Burrows gets? So, knowing Cincinnati, knowing how they are not as strong of a capologist, he's going to get $55 million a year. I think, I no doubt in my mind. And they're going to wind up having to front load it. He's yeah, going to wind yeah. up having one year where he's going to make like close to 70 or $80 million in a cap. Wow. I don't know. I hope it's going to be that much bags, but I think, I well, think no, no. Going... I, I, the cap hit. I'm not easy. Yeah. He's not okay. going to make okay. that money, but okay. the cap hit's going to be very crazy because when you don't know how to play with the cap, you have to front load it. You have to make the space and then load it in so that you're not going to be eating it for a long time. And I think that that's going to be some of the problem. You're going to see a year where they are going to lose a lot of players because of it. Well, where the I, Eagles I, don't do that. I tend to agree with what you're saying. I, th I think he breaks the bank. I think you're going to talk right next to Watson's uh, numbers. Not as much, but he's going to be close. He's going to be close. Probably, so folks, yeah, he's probably going to have the best contract ever. And uh, now that Jalen Hurts has got it for a minute, yeah, that's that's the next one to break it. I agree, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the This Week in Sports Show with Mac, Jack, Jim, Jeff, Coat. Thanks to uh, to Robert Butler, Keith Angle. Thanks for Pags for coming in and and talking a little bit about the Philly sports. Uh, Jack will be Jack won't be on uh, tomorrow's show, Monday show. Uh, Frank Letirzo has a uh, uh, co-host is Fernandez coming in. Is that uh, 
Fernandez. Bernard yeah. Fernandez is coming in for him. Well-known Philadelphia right. <laughs> Check out Jim Jeffcoat on Wednesday. GMB talking shop with Byron Williams. And, of course, Pags, the Philly sports guy, is everywhere. So just got to turn on the internet and you'll see him uh, saying something. So thanks for joining us again. Have a great Sunday. And we'll see you on the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Thursday. Have a great Sunday, folks. Have a great Sunday. Have a great Sunday, guys. Yes,